The calendar says December. There's different theme music on this podcast. It can only mean one thing. It must be the Christmas season. Now, before we jump into what we're jumping into, let's remember that health and wellness really challenging during the holiday season. So let somebody help you out. And I have an idea. Let Angie Niska from Rise Nutrition help you out. You can get a free wellness profile by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. And you can find her on Facebook at Rise Menominee. That's Rise with a Z, Rise Menominee. Hey friends, great to be with you today. Oh boy, Christmas is sneaking up on us in a hurry. I don't know about you guys, but this year more than any other year, I think it just is, it just is coming on fast and furious. I, at this point when I'm recording this podcast, have not even considered going out and doing any Christmas shopping because here's, here's how I look at things. Now I'm pretty open on this podcast about sharing that I don't actually believe in a literal hell. But if there was a literal hell, I'd put that at the top of like places that would be the worst, right? So like hell, absolute worst. And then number two is a mall. Like that, and it's like real, they're real close. And so I don't, man, I hate shopping. And I specifically do not enjoy shopping this time of year because it's just, you can't even find a parking spot and it's just busy. And I, I've got a little bit of social anxiety that I got going on. And so, oh, mm, even thinking about it and talking about it on this podcast makes me a, <laughs> a little shaky. Oh, I just don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it at all. So anyway, it's sneaking up in a fast hurry. I was having a great conversation with my good friend, Scott Jenkins. He has a podcast and an organization out in Colorado called Celtic Way. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do so. Just go to CelticWay.org or check out the podcast, The Celtic Way. Anyway, we were just talking about that, like in the previous couple of podcasts ago, I talked about my love-hate relationship with Christmas, and we were having a little bit of a dialogue about that on his podcast. And we just talked about, isn't it interesting? Like we, we spend so much time trying to, you know, get gifts for one another. And at this point, like if I would go out and try to get gifts for, you know, my kids, which I will, or family members, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of mailing it in at this point. I haven't really thought through anything. I don't really know what they want. And so, you know, if I just go, if I would leave my office right now and go out there, I would just give them whatever seemed like a good idea at the time. And it's like, well, what's the point of that? What is the point of that? And he was talking about how his big focus is that based on Celtic spirituality and Celtic tradition, that they were gift givers. And when they would give gifts around this time of year, they would really focus on like one gift that meant something. So if you were to give a gift to your spouse or one of your kids or a friend, it would be a gift that when they receive it, they would be able to know and understand that you know them well enough to get them something that they really value. And I thought that was so wonderful and such a great concept. So as opposed to like trying to fill up the bottom of our tree, like underneath our tree, just really thinking like, what is that one thing? Or what are those couple things that we could get that would really be impactful and meaningful? I love that perspective. And for those of us who still haven't done our Christmas shopping, we've also probably missed the online option. So we are stuck going to those malls or to those stores. Always support 
local if you can. You guys know that, right? Support the local stores as much as possible so that we can have awesome environments in our own communities and support each other's businesses. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, I'm just kind of rambling here, forgive me. The other thing I was thinking about in regard to Christmas gifts, and the reason, I'll tell you why I'm talking about Christmas gifts in a second here. But the other reason why, or the other thing I was thinking about in regard to Christmas gifts is, you know, we're going to forget most of the gifts that people give us. If I think back over my life, even like my growing up times, there's only a few things I can remember that were gifts that I still remember to this day. I remember growing up, I really desperately wanted a Green Bay, I'm in Wisconsin, a Green Bay Packer uniform. I almost called it a costume, a Green Bay Packer uniform, which I got one year. And so I remember putting that on and diving over the furniture. I remember another year I wanted uh, this vibrating football game. I was really into sports when I was young. This, You guys remember that? Those of you who are like in your 40s, there was like this metal table basically that would vibrate and like these little guys would vibrate all around it like I wanted that so bad and my parents hooked me up with that uh there's one year then I got into music I remember one year my my parents got me this snare drum this piccolo snare drum that I desperately wanted so I can remember a few things but my recollection of gifts especially when I get into adulthood like Man, I don't remember anything anybody got for me last year. I seriously, I'm sitting here thinking right now, what's any gift that anybody got for me last year? And I can't think of anything. And so again, when I was talking to my buddy Scott, you know, I was mentioning, you know, you know what we always do remember? We do always remember experiences. And if we talk to each other and when we talk about the holidays, like most people say, like the part about the holidays I love is being with my loved ones or having that focused time to be with family members or you know, all the, the kids are together, whatever it is. We remember the experiences together. And so that's that's something that we could consider as well as we give gifts is like, what could we do that would be an experience that would be memorable as opposed to a thing that will be forgotten? Anyway, the reason I'm talking about gift giving is because the folks that we're going to talk about today are the most famous gift givers in all of the world, especially surrounding the Christmas story. And they are... The Three Wise Men. I'm not going to lie. The Three Wise Men are probably my favorite people in the Christmas story. They're my favorite. And let me explain why. You'll figure it out why as we go through this podcast. But the the three wise men, number one, they're often referred to as kings. And the song that you just heard playing is We Three Kings of Orient Are, right? There's no justification, no understanding, no written documentation that these guys were kings at all. (laughs) I have no idea where that idea ever was rooted in. I did some research. I cannot figure out why at some point in history... Christian tradition started referring to these people as kings because we do know they're from the east, like the far east is what we would consider it. So that part about the song makes sense, but the king part 
Like there's just zero justification that these dudes were kings. We don't actually, you know, historically speaking, historians don't generally refer to the, they don't at all refer to them as kings. And so I'm not quite sure where that came from. I'm maybe the people that wrote the song just thought it made more sense lyrically or melodically in the song. I have no idea. I don't know where it came from, but these guys were not kings as best we know. What we do know or what we do gather from them is that it is believed that they were actually astrologers. Astrologers are people, obviously, that are focused on the stars. So there's these three guys that deeply cared about and deeply thought about the stars up above. Now, interesting thing about these wise men, I think, is that it suddenly, if you understand that these were people that desperately cared about the heavens and the stars and what was going on above our heads, it would make sense that if they saw something that was out of sorts in the heavens, they would want to know what was going on. And so if the story is actually true, and even if it's not, even if it's just a great story that leads us to some wonderful conclusions of the idea of there being a bright star above where Jesus was born, it would make a ton of sense that these guys would notice it. And if they saw something like that, that was so far out of the realm of what they were used to seeing, it would certainly make sense that they would try to figure out what was going on. And so they went on this journey and they discovered Jesus and they were the ones who brought him the first gifts. Now, we're not going to talk about what those gifts meant. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas about that. And you can certainly Google it and get a bunch of different thoughts on why they brought the specific gifts that they did. And I think there's some good justification to a lot of the thoughts that are out there, but not really the focus of what we're going to talk about today. But part of this that I find really interesting about the wise men is they get a lot of attention and they even get a song written about them, which is more than I could say for most of us, right? And, but here's the thing, like they weren't really supposed to be a part of the story. And what I mean by that is that these weren't Jewish guys. And so if you follow the history leading up to Jesus through the Old Testament, it's all following the Israelites, right? It's all following Jewish people. And then we get to this point where Jesus is born. And then like we talked about last week, if those shepherds were the temple shepherds, those were some Jewish guys that came and visited Jesus first. And then all of a sudden there's these wise men, these three guys from out east. And they are not, there's no way these guys would have been Jewish based on where they lived and based on what they were interested in. And so we've got these three guys that if you were a Jewish scholar or if you were a priest or if you were a Pharisee or something like that, like these, these guys would have been coming out of left field and they wouldn't have made sense in your understanding of the story of the Savior coming into the world. Yet here they are. And yet here they are in such a prominent role. So much so that most nativity sets include Mary, Joseph, Jesus, bunch of pretty awesome animals, the shepherds, and the wise men, right? Those are the main characters that we see in this story. So there's these three guys that are outside of the fold. There's these three guys that are outside of the religious understanding or the religious structure of what was thought to be going on. And I think that is fascinating.
Christians get super possessive when it comes to Christmas. Did you ever notice that? Like Christians get wildly possessive around this holiday. They do a little bit around Easter as well, but Christmas, man, it gets real. We get in arguments over whether we should say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays because heaven forbid we say Happy Holidays because then that's taking Christ out of it and we just can't have that. We also make a, a big deal about not being able to celebrate Jesus and his birth in schools and things like that. And we talk a great deal about Santa because maybe that's not okay because maybe we're not focusing on Jesus enough. Again, for whatever reason, Christians get very possessive over this holiday. Which, again, if you remember a couple podcasts back, seems a little silly because this isn't even the day that Jesus was born. Jesus was born probably a couple months before this. And so we celebrate on a day that isn't a Christian holiday at all. It was a pagan holiday. This is the pagan winter solstice. You've probably heard that. That is around this same time. And when Christians were trying to convert pagans years and years ago, they started taking their holidays and turning them into Christian holidays. So they took the winter solstice and Saturnella and some other holidays, pagan holidays that were going on around the same time, and they turned them into Christian holidays. So instead of honoring the god Saturn, which here's a here's an interesting little side story for you. During the festival, this is a pagan festival called Saturnalia. It was honoring the god Saturn. One of the things you may or may not know about the pagan god Saturn is he had this thing where he liked to eat babies. You know, who doesn't, right? So Saturn in this pagan culture uh, was thought to eat babies. And so one of the ways that people would honor the god Saturn during Saturnalia, which is around the winter solstice, is they would make little bakery items in the form of babies and they would eat them. Hello, hashtag gingerbread men. <laughs> True story. Look it up for yourself. That's where gingerbread men come from. So next time you're having a gingerbread man, just know that you are following in pagan footsteps by eating babies, just like the god Saturn would. Anyway, where was I going with this? So we're very possessive of this holiday. We call it a Christian holiday, even though it's a stolen pagan holiday. We get really possessive of it. Okay, now again, looking at three characters in the story that have become very, very important in the story, they again are people that are outside of who should have been a part of this. One of my favorite Bible verses, we don't talk a lot about a lot of different Bible verses on this podcast, but every once in a while I get excited and share a Bible verse. There's a Bible verse that says Jesus died once and for all. Now, you will hear a lot of different pastors show their <laughs> apparent understanding of Greek or Hebrew or whatever language they're reading of that given Sunday. And they like to throw around, I mean, you've been there, right? You've been in those services where they share with you the Greek word and then they tell you what it means. It's just, it's become a little bit of a caricature in my mind. But anyway, I don't care what kind of Greek you're reading or understanding. When you get to that word all, it actually means all. You can look at it a million times in a million different ways, and I think you're going to come up with the same answer. That that translation of that word is actually very correct, and it actually means all. So when we say Jesus died once and for all, somehow in many Christians' minds, all meant a very specific group of people who believes a very specific way. 
Yet in the earliest form of the Christian story in so many ways, right? Because the birth of Jesus represents the start of what we could call the Christian story. So in so many ways, it's fascinating that all was represented. So we have Mary and Joseph. We have some Jewish people. Maybe they're Jewish shepherds. Maybe they're poor shepherds from the hills. We don't know for sure. I think they're Jewish shepherds. And then we've got these three guys. These three guys do not represent Judaism at all. They're outside of that. It's as if Jesus is born into this world saying, even the people at my birth represent all. Represent that Jesus came for everyone. Everyone. And so we don't need to be so possessive about this holiday. We don't need to be so possessive about our faith. Wouldn't it be a better faith that believes that Jesus actually came for all? Not all meaning that all people who believe a certain way, but literally for all? Isn't that a better faith? Isn't that a more loving faith? Isn't that a more beautiful faith? And so when I see these wise men, these astrologers who looked up at the stars, saw something crazy going on, grabbed some gifts and went and saw Jesus, and they get to be there, they get to be the ones that show up in the nativity scene, they get to be the ones that are talked about and how many sermons are given about what they brought to Jesus, right? They have such an integral part of the story and they don't fit into what many would think would have to happen in order for this to be shared. Religiously, they don't fit. And I think that's part of the purpose. I think that's why they are there. I think they were there in part to show us that Jesus came for all and that we don't need to be possessive about him. Everybody can get a piece of Jesus. Another interesting thing about this story, in my mind, is that While the wise men, while these three guys are on their way, following the star, trying to find Jesus, while they're there, they somehow know who they're trying to find, right? Like this is like, this is the crazy cosmic spiritual living in wonder space that we have here. Like somehow they knew who they were going to see, right? And then they run into the king. He somehow connects with that as well. He knows that something's going on, right? So like there's this buzz going around somehow that people know there's something going down. And there's this point where Herod, King Herod, he's he wants to kill Jesus, right? Because if there's this king that is born, King Herod doesn't want to get dethroned. So he wants to take care of it, which he tries to do later on. And so he meets up with these wise men. They're like, yeah, there's a star. I think it must be representing this king. We're going to go check it out. And Herod's like, sweet, just let me know, you know, give him my regards and let me know where he is so I can, you know, find some gifts and bring him over as well or whatever. Now, the wise men are on to him, right? They're like, wait a second. Why does this guy want to know? Oh, yeah, because he probably wants to kill him. And so they... You know, they derail it, basically, and they make sure that Jesus isn't found by the king. And so in so many ways, not only are the wise men important by what they represent, being there at the manger, being there at that cave with Jesus. So again, like they represent all, they represent that Jesus is for everybody, but they also play this integral part of protecting Jesus. Like if the wise men don't come, does Herod find Jesus and kill him? If the wise men don't come, is Jesus' story a lot shorter? I don't know. That's part of the wonder, right? That's part of the thing that we can just contemplate of, like, how does this all work? I have no idea. All I know is these people, these non-Jewish people, 
these three guys who weren't supposed to be a part of the story, not only are a part of the story, but they're such an important part of the story that they protect Jesus for all of us. All right, enough rambling. Here's where we bring it home, all right? I'm pretty certain that most of us who listen to this podcast see ourselves more in the wise men than we do in the shepherds or than we do in Mary and Joseph or any Jewish people at the time because the truth is this, is that most of us have zero Jewish heritage. I know I don't, and I'm guessing that most of you don't either. And so we shouldn't be able to see ourselves very well in the disciples or in Joseph or in Mary or in some of the shepherds that were likely Jews. Actually, we're the outsiders. We're the the Gentiles. Most of us come from pagan cultures or cultures where different religions were represented. In this story, when we talk about the wise men, the guys that didn't fit in, that's all of us. That's most of us. We are the Gentiles. We are the ones that weren't supposed to be a part of this. Yet here we are. And only because Jesus came for everyone and not just for a specific group of people. Because the Jewish people also wanted to be very possessive of their faith and their religion. And that just wasn't working out very well and people kept getting left out. Now here we are, fast forward a couple thousand years, and Christians are doing the same thing. We want to be so possessive of our religion, our faith, our experience, that we don't want to let outsiders in. I think of it too in scope of like immigration in our country, right? So many times we have these hard conversations of like, how do we handle immigration? How do we handle illegal immigrants coming into our country? How do we handle people coming from other spaces coming into our country? Well, if I think about my heritage, at one point, my ancestors came from Poland and Czechoslovakia is what it was at the time, the Czech Republic, right? So at one point, like my ancestors, my great-great-grandparents were immigrants, That's how I got here. And so, again, I don't want to get into a conversation about immigration today, but when we take this and look at our faith, it's the same thing. So we have this tendency to want to be so possessive about what we believe and what we stand for, and we don't always want to let other people in. And at some point, the door was open for us. So all of us non-Jewish people today, at some point, the door got open for us because it wasn't always open for us. If you were around before Jesus was born, and you wanted to just suddenly become Jewish, that wasn't an option for you. Yet here we are now, most of us non-Jewish, getting an opportunity to believe in this Jesus, to follow this Jesus freely. Yet we so often have the tendency to hold it so tightly and to not want others in. Doesn't seem right, doesn't seem fair, and it doesn't seem like a proper perspective. We should all see ourselves in the wise men we should see ourselves as the outsiders that have been accepted. Jesus came once and for all. He came for the Jewish shepherds. He came for the Jewish mother, for the Jewish father. And he came for the pagan Eastern guys who love to look at the stars. And he came for you and I, no matter what our heritage is, no matter what our background is. And so our response to the wise men in this story and our response to Jesus in this story is simply that we got to open our arms and we got to open our door wide 
because Jesus came for all, not for just a specific group who believes in a specific way. Jesus came for all. Thanks from the bottom of my heart for listening. Only one more episode until Christmas. Hey, if you want to support this podcast, just make sure you go ahead and subscribe to it. Give it a five-star rating and write a review. And if this one struck a chord with you, be sure to share it with anybody you think would appreciate it.